game was stressful, but it counts. Woo! That's a party popper that made more of a mess than usual for some reason here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Joshua Briscoe. This isn't technically almost entirely sports. It's it's too late. Even almost entirely sports after dark is usually done by now. But me and Beards McFly are here anyway to talk a little bit of Chiefs football with you. We're going to do this tonight. We're going to do this every night there's not football. And following baseball this week, and maybe beyond during the MLB playoffs, we're going to bring you some Chiefs content. We're not going to leave you in the dark just because there's some some important baseball happening. I'm here to talk to you about the Chiefs, and and no no baseball can keep that from happening. And if you're saying, wow, this is later than, than I'm comfortable with, don't worry. We'll put all of this up on the Sports Radio 810 uh, app in the podcast page there. You can go to 810WHP.com and just check out Almost Entirely Sports. Wherever uh, AES podcasts are available, we're going to bring these Chiefs daily shows to you there as well. Chiefs nightly, I suppose. And also, the party popper today, uh, I guess, can actually serve a double duty because it is not just celebration of the Chiefs being 4-0 after a stressful game in Detroit. It's also the celebration of 810's 20th birthday, the 20th anniversary of, of 810 going on air as Sports Radio 810. That's today, and, and later on in tonight's show, I will uh, I'll talk about that. I'll give you my two cents at least. We're going to talk about a bunch of Chiefs stuff. We're going to bring you our usual, almost entirely sports stuff in this uh, time slot. We're going to talk to Seth Kaiser because it's Tuesday. We are going to have sad fans on Reddit brought to you by Beards McFly. That will happen here uh, next segment. We will make sure you get the things that you've come to expect from AES. It's just later than usual, and with NFL Films music instead of our usual liner. So that's the plan for uh, for the, the, the three days this week that we're on with you. I'm happy to be here under whatever name that it is because the Chiefs are unendingly interesting. And that game in Detroit was a significant departure from the norm that had been established through the first three weeks. You can go a lot of directions. I felt like coming out of the Raiders game, we didn't learn a ton about the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not how it felt on Sunday for me. Also here on Sports Radio 810, obviously, me and Brad Porter have the 810 Chiefs pregame show, or postgame show, excuse me, uh, pregame shows, Saran Curtis and uh, Mark Boerich, of course. And on the postgame show, it was one of those shows where three hours into the postgame show, there were like five things that we hadn't gotten to yet that were like really reasonably significant parts of the story of that game. And, and for me, the the sort of large-scale thing that I'm arguing now in retrospect, I wouldn't have admitted this if you would have asked me in the moment. But I say now, it was kind of fun, man. It was kind of fun to have a game that was stressful laid into it. It was a lot of fun actually seeing those backs and forths that were happening in the game. It was stressful as could be, no question, because part of that stressor wasn't just an incredible back and forth of two teams playing excellent football on either side of the ball. It was two teams that could not stop fumbling. And so that's a strange place to be. And it's a strange game to watch. And, and as I alluded to on the postgame show on Sunday, I have a section of notes. Brad also had a section of notes that was similar. Mine's just called Mistakes. Brad, working blue, had the WTF page of paper with just with, with WTF plays from the game that were, like, genuinely confusing on some level. 
for me, I, I was going at it uh, maybe more critically because I don't have good I don't have good WTF stuff of which there was obviously plenty. But just the mistakes the Chiefs made throughout that game were were nearly overwhelming. And 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 so I've had a couple of days now, obviously, and a couple of outlets to to talk about this game to try to figure out where I'm actually coming from, right? Did the post game show here on 810. Sunday night went straight from 810 to uh, 41 Action News and did Sunday sound off. With uh, with Mick Schaefer and uh, Frank Bull and Jason Anderson, we were the, the the two of them and I were the panel. Obviously, Mick hosts the show. It was an excellent episode. I hope you got to see it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then Monday morning, I did Times R's on the Athletic with uh, with Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor, and I have distilled and distilled and distilled, and I have genuinely given this a lot of thought. What's the story out of Chiefs-Lions? If I was given total freeform, which is what I'm doing right now, mic's open, it's late, I'm talking. Total freedom to start wherever I want, and I've, and I've, I've gone back and forth. Because the offense made a lot of mistakes, Special teams made a lot of mistakes. The defense had a, at least the most exciting weird play of the season. Um, and some mistakes of their own and some run defense conversations that we can have. And, and I want I saw Seth tease this on Twitter earlier. I want to talk to him about it here in a little bit. Um, uh, looking into the run defense and how much it does or doesn't matter. There, I, I wouldn't be critical of anyone for starting their shows on Monday or Tuesday or uh, whatever later this week and starting somewhere other than where I want to start. But as has been the case for so much of the time that he has been in Kansas City, I think to start anywhere other than with Patrick Mahomes would be, would be a little misguided. And not just, not even the whole game. I think the story of this game and the play of this game and the thing about this game, maybe you'll remember the Bashad Breeland touchdown because it was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So, so maybe that'll be there also. But I think the thing about this game that we're going to remember in January, maybe in February, maybe in five years, maybe in 20 years, is the fourth and eight play where the game truly hung in the balance in a way that for so long in my lifetime as a Chiefs fan, which is what I was ever before I was a Chiefs fanalist and maybe now more of just a, a pure Chiefs analyst or talking head or whatever. But, like, I, I've i been a, a Chiefs fan. My, even, like, my baseball fandom has been weird. But I've been a Chiefs fan for my whole life, and I'm, I'm guessing there's a very good chance that you listening have been also. And especially I remember 
I remember watching Sunday Night Football, you know, as recently as prime, uh, the prime of Aaron Rodgers' career, maybe in the first couple of years before I officially got into radio here with 810. Um, I remember watching the Patriots and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers specifically, but lots of guys came through the league and went, man, the game looks more fun when that dude's your quarterback. The uniforms look cooler whenever that dude is your quarterback. I loved Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson and, and certainly Jamal Charles. I loved those three running backs. But there's something different about having your team ruled by the swaggering confidence of a quarterback who you would say before the game, you know what, if the ball ends up in his hands on fourth and eight to win the game, or at least to keep the game alive, I feel all right about it. And that's what's different now. For the imperfections of the game, that, that Mahomes had and the Chiefs offense had for reasons that I'll attempt to summarize momentarily. Try to help explain my understanding of it. All of that, utterly notwithstanding, I think you could have turned the game on with whatever it was, you know, a minute and 58 seconds, a minute and 50 seconds, whatever. It was just past two-minute warning. You could have turned the game on at the two-minute warning, just before fourth and eight, and I think you would have seen the thing about the Chiefs right now that's different. It was, it was different last year also, but, it, but, but Sunday for me was another reminder. That drive, and specifically fourth and eight, on that drive, is when this stops looking like the Chiefs football that I was familiar with. And, it, I mean, it changes all throughout the game, obviously, right? There are different moments. But 4th and 8 always felt like a foregone conclusion. Either direction. Peyton Manning is converting that. Aaron Rodgers is converting that. Tom Brady's converting that. Whatever. And the Chiefs never do. And last year, especially against the Ravens, you started seeing some of those miracles. But... On Sunday, I was nervous on 4th and 8 in a way that I didn't even expect to be necessarily. And then Mahomes just sort of trots for the first down. The Lions rush 3, appear to be in, in man coverage. Everybody clears out. The, the line just sort of blocks those three guys out of the way a little bit. Pressure got there, but, but you know Mahomes stepped through. And then saw grass and daylight and ran for the first. And if I could have in that moment put a hundred bucks on the final of that game, I wouldn't have even put it on the Chiefs to, to win in overtime or to tie the game in regulation. I believed at that moment, oh, the Chiefs are going to go get a touchdown here. Because that's the thing, man. That's what's different. And I, I feel like if you, there is so much room for nuance. And we've got so much time for so many spaces for tweets and so much, you know, column, so many column inches in, in every newspaper or on the athletic or whatever. And we've got so much airtime that we can talk about stuff like what was it that knocked the offense, not even off the tracks, but just made them a little wobbly on the tracks. We'll spend the time there because I love the nuance of that sort of stuff. At the very least, I really, really appreciate it. But man, I love seeing the definition 
of an organization change over the course of, you know, 22 football games like it has for the Chiefs. It's just it's just something you don't see very often. And so that last drive, fourth and eight, rush three, pressure gets there, Mahomes runs for the first, and then you get down to the 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 pass to Byron Pringle. Now there's like there was the nearest pick to Watkins in the front corner of the end zone, which I didn't love. But then Byron Pringle catches a pass and then gets hit and spins and then gets lit up. And the ball doesn't come out of his hands. Because that kind of stuff doesn't happen to the team with the quarterback. And you can't really explain why. And it's a great play by Pringle, obviously. You get you got 30 seconds. The Lions call a timeout. You run the ball. You can't get there. You run it again. Touchdown. Reviewed. It stands. Extra point. You're up by four now. Giving the ball back to the team that has a good quarterback. I've really liked Matthew Stafford for his entire NFL career. In fact, that was about the time that I started really paying attention to the NFL. It was that draft, and I loved that. I I I I loved that that entrance into you know evaluation of quarterbacks and all of that. Matt Stafford uh, has a weirdly has a place in my heart, and I just didn't I didn't think the Chiefs were going to blow it. And I, I think that that still all changes with the, the status quo changing of we've got the quarterback here. And I don't even like want to just gush over Patrick Mahomes because the relationship of Mahomes and Andy Reid is so important. But Andy Reid and Alex Smith didn't change that. Andy Reid, I think, is a exceptional quarterback puppet master. I just don't think he's had a puppet... And that's, this is an unfair way of boiling down Patrick Mahomes to being a puppet. Please don't at me. But I, I think Andy Reid is, is a puppet master that now has the live version of Pinocchio. Like, he, he can do amazing things with a normal puppet. But whenever it's a real boy, whenever that puppet's actually alive, it is a, a, a perfect confluence of circumstances. And so the way that that offense has evolved with with the addition of Patrick Mahomes over this last season and change, it just changes everything to me. So in all the specifics that we will get into, like why was the offense not as good against the Lions, at least early on? All of that for me just comes secondarily. And I and now it is. Now we're at secondarily. But that for me is the place that I felt like this this show and every show needs to start at. Because that's the that's the the as you see in Scott Van Pelt's sports centers, that's the one big thing. That's the thing. And it was it was evident in a in all the way boiled down to a moment and then a drive against Detroit in a way that it wasn't against Jacksonville or Oakland or, or even Baltimore. So all that being said, um, if you've got any questions or just want to uh, get more of my thoughts on things throughout the course of the night and then throughout the course of the week, I'm on Twitter at JB Briscoe. You can always get to Beards at Beards McFly or if you tweet at, uh, sport, uh, at Sports Center, at Sports Radio 810. I was about to say at Sports Center 810, and I don't think that's a thing. Um, we can uh, see your stuff there as well. But 
Um, the, the, most of the questions that I saw, there are a lot of defensive things, and we're going to talk about the defense a ton with Seth Kaiser of the Athletic coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, maybe an uncommon amount of defense talk with Seth. On the offensive side of things, the offense was a little bit, a little bit off. I mean, it was talked about on the the broadcast and on Twitter and every place since then. I don't even think that's really arguable for the most part. So, what is arguable? What happened there? I don't think Mahomes is getting sloppy, which is a word I heard earlier today. I think it's kind of funny. I don't. That's not what's happening here, in my humblest of opinions. I don't think this is a lazy or sloppy thing at all. I think the Lions said, hey, here's exactly what we're going to do to this offense, especially without Tyreek Hill. We are going to bash Travis Kelsey around the field all day. And the six or seven times they failed to do that, Mahomes and, and uh, Kelsey linked up. Now, I mean, I think there was a target. I'm not pulling up this box score for the sake of this anecdote. But there, there were the times where you saw Mahomes and Kelsey 1,000% on the same page in a way that that you usually see in a relationship that's been developed over much more than a season and change. I mean, he was the leading uh, receiver for the Chiefs in this game. But there was a play they called out on the broadcast where uh, where Kelsey just sort of stopped running his route because if he would have continued into the sideline, he would have ended up back in traffic. And, and it seemed like Mahomes knew he was going to do that. Like, I'm sure that's something that they that they discuss and practice and are aware of. But it, it was still impressive for me to see that happening in real time. It, it was eight targets for seven receptions. I believe the one in completion to Kelsey was just outside the uh, outstretched fingers of Kelsey, his yellow gloves. But the the Lions seemed so focused on Travis Kelsey, and they still couldn't stop him seven different times. For 85 yards, not an incredible receiving day, but everyone else after that was 54, 43, 43, 35, 33, 13, 9. Um, it wasn't a big day for McCole Hardman. It was, he was the 9. The Sean McCoy had a couple of, had one really nice 23-yard uh, catch and then and then 10 on the other one and, and Demarcus Robinson seemed out of sync with Mahomes as Hardman did there was the one incompletion to Hardman where on the replay it really looked like maybe Hardman kind of glided on a step as if he was pushing off a roller blade before, instead of going step 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 that you need to have in a really really precise route and this offense works on precision man like this is this is an incredibly an incredibly I guess to just keep over overusing this word precisely built unit here and so if everything really is that touchy in a way having it get knocked off its uh off its axis at all can can do things like have McCall Hardman lose a step and then end up getting missed or, or Demarcus Robinson getting rattled the line and then having the timing off or in many cases Mahomes wasn't getting sacked in this game he was never sacked in this game but it felt like there were a lot of times, again, I say this relatively anecdotally, but it felt like there were a lot of times where where he was getting kind of moved around. Early on, he felt some phantom pressure that wasn't there um, and, and ended up bailing out of a clean pocket. That doesn't happen very often. And the Lions did a really good job of, of again, what I would sort of describe as moving Patrick Mahomes. Doing that is difficult. I don't think this is a super easy blueprint for how they they beat this team for the you know the remainder of the season or anything, but it's something that I think is worthy of of taking note of. 
that that being this kind of physical with those receivers and then trying to knock Mahomes off his spot just a little bit is relatively successful as a strategy. And so um, I'm not long-term nervous. I don't really want to talk about the running game because I don't like it when they run on first and second down or first down and second and ten, I should say. Um, and there are a couple of instances in which it was successful, and that's fine. It, to me, just feels like a running game that is intentionally doing a thing you're not as good at, even whenever the passing game was having a relatively, and Chiefs relatively, ineffective, inefficient type of day. I'll be interested to see if other teams are able to replicate this. I imagine what the Chiefs are going to be doing throughout the course of this week, going into to next week in the Sunday night football game against the Colts, which, by the way, here on 810, I'll have a pregame show with Brad Porter, and we will have the postgame show right, right around bracketing uh, the actual game of, of Chiefs-Colts. I imagine they're going to be trying to figure out what exactly it was that the Lions brought to the table there and what they were doing in terms of, of trying to knock the timing off a little bit and figuring out what happens whenever that is happening. And maybe there is something for Mahomes to grow from there. Maybe Mahomes does need to be able to to reestablish a norm whenever it's not all as precise as you'd like it to be. Maybe things get a little more conservative in those instances where the, the precision isn't as important downfield. I'm... I'm spitballing, trying to guess what Mahomes and Andy Reid are thinking, and oftentimes have attempted to do that and uh, and certainly failed. So all of that notwithstanding, I suppose, um, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see if this comes back up again over the course of the rest of the season, or really especially against New England once, if not twice this year, because this is a Matt Patricia defense, and that New England defense slowed down Mahomes for a half. This Detroit defense did a relatively good job over the course of the game, and they still put up 27 points as an offense, even with a Daryl Williams turnover that should not have happened, a Sammy Watkins turnover that should not have happened, a McCole Hardman turnover that cost them a possession right out of the gate of the second half. If all of those things go a different direction, if those mistakes aren't there in a fumble turnover type of way, we're still probably talking about this differently. Mahomes probably ends up throwing a touchdown pass. And you could also say that if the defense didn't uh, make a couple mistakes or if they weren't as successful as they were in certain moments, things would have changed. This is a touchy, touchy game with a lot of factors going into it. And I think it's why it's so incredibly interesting. Uh, whenever we come back, we will give you the saddest fans on Reddit. Uh, Beards will bring us his latest baby. That's a weird, well, no, I said it. We're going to stick with it. Beards will bring us his latest creation. After that, we will talk to Seth Kaiser of The Athletic, all right here on Sports Radio 810. Kansas City's hometown sports station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back into Sports Radio 810 WHB. 20 years of it today. Uh, we got... I was going to say 20 more minutes of things here, but that's not thats not even close to true. We have way more than that. I just don't have a cute little transition for it. Seth Kaiser of The Athletic will join us next segment. I'm Josh Briscoe with Beards McFly. Usually AES is over by now, but today and tonight and for the next uh, handful of nights following the MLB playoffs, we've got some special Chiefs talk for you with the uh, usual AES cast and crew, which is me and Beards and maybe later this week, Rudy. I don't really know. But what it means is that you're definitely getting the staples. So it's Seth on a Tuesday and on a Tuesday, sad fans on Reddit. Beards, you brought you brought the double barrel I sad did. fans this week. Listen, did you watch that game? 
Uh, I did. It wasn't good. <laughs> Nobody was having fun. No one was having fun. There were legitimate points where we were like, oh, God, are the Chiefs going to lose to the Lions in week four? The hell? So you have a sad Chiefs fans. I do. Um, That's exciting. I was being prepared for both opportunities. Good. And then you also have sad Lions fans, obviously. Um, We've always said that we'll do sad Chiefs fans if they lose because misery loves company. But in this instance, Everybody was miserable. Yeah, misery loves company because I imagine most of these would probably be first half, first three quarters for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, we'll see if you give us the, uh, the the elation that comes with uh, actually winning a football game towards the end. You want to go Chiefs first as the appetizer? We can do that. I thought about um, just putting all of these together into the same one. Right. And just mixing them up and just being like, all right, you guess. Right. Who was miserable this time? That's fun. But I, I, do, I do like the idea of, uh, of the Chiefs as the appetizer because in the actual game, the Lions had the last Cry, I guess, is the opposite of your last laugh. Um, so let's go. Let's go. Sad Chiefs fans first here. Uh, I bet the Lions fans didn't say anything about the refereeing. Not the, at all. There's no chance that'll come up there. It was all about uh, Stafford. Sure, all of it. It was all about Stafford. It's not being good enough. Uh, all right, let's do it. Sad Chiefs fans from a very tumultuous game last Sunday in Detroit. And now, a list of things that Kansas City Chiefs fans said on Reddit. Oh, Butker, you nerd. (laughs) The Lions already bring us down to their own level, and they'll beat us with experience. (laughs) What the is illegal motion, and why are the refs so hard for it? (laughs) Ah, Who needs first quarters anyway? That's true. Lions fan here. I've never seen commentators suck staff's d- so much. <laughs> it's usually the opposite. This makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I really need to invest in a defibrillator for game days. Yeah, we all did. Comment. Yeah. What the actual f- is going on? <laughs> Reply. Chiefs football. Hardman? More like Softman. Oh. I am not having fun right now. <laughs> Fire our linebackers into the moon. <laughs> Bumble Bowl 2019. Ward with zero awareness as usual. Yeah, that's. Is Bob Sutton back? Stop it. We do do on defense this drive. <laughs> Can Fox resist showing us a commercial for like five seconds, no. please? Nope. Nope. This is literally the weirdest football game I've ever seen. It's up there. The f- is a cheese it pizza. It's weird being on the receiving end of sketchy calls. We patriots now. We got commentators never learned that silence is the golden rule. Breaking riots in Detroit. Tens of dollars of property damage. If we win, I'm gonna erase this game from my memory. That one was mean. This guy is obsessed with saying Peanut Tillman. He was. That's so true. As a Bears fan, I'm not sure what you're doing here, but keep doing it. Thanks. Oh, I just realized there's a whole quarter left of this atrocity. <laughs> and now, the runner-up oh, wow. of things that Chiefs fans said on Reddit. Metal stand. Does the crippling economic depression in Detroit have some <laughs> magical effect on the players not being able to keep hold of the f***ing ball? <laughs> That's nothing. And now, the winner of things that Chiefs fans said on Reddit. I wish Patrick Mahomes would quit playing like Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Wait, that's hurtful. I wasn't ready for that. I was Googling the stuffed cheese at pizza. Does not sound good. Here's the thing. I like all the things that this just described. I like cheese inside of things like Cheez-Its, and I also like pizza. But I've Googled it, and it looks awful. It does not look good. Have you seen yes, like, seen a, like an HD actual picture yes. of the real thing? If you haven't, Google it. It's just four big bleeping Cheez-Its that's apparently filled with cheese, but they look burnt, and then there's uh, marinara sauce. They can be filled with cheese or pepperoni and cheese, apparently. Can they be filled with Cheez-Its? I don't think so. And you already don't like Cheez-Its, we've established, which is weird. I would try it if Pizza Hut wanted to bring us a box for sure. But I'll try anything. Once. Okay, that was an excellent appetizer, not only for the cheese at pizza, but also of sad fans. Um, but it's, while well, all of those were funny, and most of them were self-aware, nothing quite gets you like the real thing. And in this instance, for this week, the real thing was sad Lions fans. Do you want to give any sort of preview beards, or should we just buckle in? Nah. <laughs> get ready. Okay, let's do it. I love the music again. And now. And now, oh, a list of things business-like that Detroit Lions fans said on Reddit. I'm just saying, if the Chiefs win, it'll be by pure luck, and I'll say exactly that for the next two weeks. No backing down. That was the beginning of the thread. Getting first and goal and not scoring a touchdown against the Chiefs is a recipe for an L. Mm-hmm. That's true. Love using our eighth overall pick tight end to block in the red zone. <laughs> what a bit of a... Face mask there, refs. High pitch. Time to dump Kermit like Miss Piggy. I use two different computers. Who told the old line that they were playing well? You spooked them. They've gone all squishy again. <laughs> oh, and now we're back to stupid play calling. LOL, Lions remembered what team they are and decided to just start failing in the most ridiculous ways. Hey, maybe one day we'll play good for the whole game. Hold on, guys. I think someone pissed in my Kool-Aid. Fun is canceled. <laughs> These announcers are insufferable. The Mahomes slurping is reaching Lisa Ann levels. Hold on. May have just yelled big cock and gotten a look of disapproval from my roommate. Wait, what? At least Matt Prater cares about my Wait, sanity. what happened there? Lions it's make their... games ugly, but god are they beautiful at doing it. Can you pause, sad fans? Hold this on. This would be more like a normal Lions game if they overturned this. I know this is unprecedented. What was that one? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta rewind. I, I know, I know this is unprecedented, but I feel like you bleeped the wrong thing. May have just yelled "big hawk" and gotten a look of disapproval from hawk. my roommate. Hawk. Hawk. At least Matt Prater cares about my sanity. Hawk. Lions make games ugly. That was the word hawk. Yes. Okay. They have a nickname for him. Can I continue? Or do I need to... Are we good? Can I continue now? I gotta Google that one name that was I didn't recognize. Let me Google it on my work internet. Can I continue playing this while you Google? Context clues, I imagine, keep me from Googling it. You may continue. Lions make games ugly, but god are they beautiful at doing it. This would be more like a normal Lions game if they overturned this touchdown. 
My wife just says I said f six times in five seconds. <laughs> that was the most lions sequence of events. Refs versus lions. Oldest rivalry in the league. <laughs> well, there's our first real lions moment of the season. Let's just start suplexing every MFR. We're gonna get f out of a win anyway. Might as well have fun. What the actual bloody f Man, the Lions must look hot today because the refs are really working hard to f us. <laughs> the last 10 minutes have been the most Lions thing ever. Oh, just in my mouth next time. <laughs> this isn't even a game anymore. This is just the NFL screwing the Lions as usual. This is a good so apparently the refs here are the same refs who botched the Saints Rams game. Probably. Most Lions way to lose ever. 14 point swing by the refs. Thanks NFL. I'm done. Goodell and his dead mother. Jeez. Detroit versus everybody. Why the f would you give this gang of morons credit for being a embarrassment to the league? Oh. Yes. This is the NFL everybody loves. Confusing plays, no whistles, called back touchdowns, timeouts, commercials, watching constant replays instead of actual action. What a chore to sit through. Showing the fan with the, the lion's make me drink hat was pretty fitting. That was. Thanks, Mr. Stafford, for not fumbling finally. Love this game from the KC refs. Really the lions right now. Remember that football movie where Adam Sandler just threw the ball into the ref's nuts? <laughs> Stafford should do that for a whole game. <laughs> Turns out we can't beat Mahomes and the refs at the same time. Oh. Well, maybe like I can sodium. drink enough to have my neighbors find my body. <laughs> I hate life. Jesus Christ himself is like, oh man, that sucked. <laughs> NFL, put flags on the quarterback. Except Matt Stafford. This sport is so stupid. Why do I continue to watch? That's fair. Comment. F the chefs. Reply. I agree. The food tasted horrible. I rated 3 out of 10. <laughs> Hard to win when you're playing 11 versus 18 on the field. Oh, so bitter. Did, did the announcer just say that this Lions game is fun? The world's surely going to end tonight. Oh, look. The Lions didn't get a call. Surprising. Suplex City. <laughs> God forbid we get physical in football. Those are, are you the, sure you don't want to call that one back, Zebras? That's really good. I'm going to die before this <laughs> game ends. <laughs> You'd think the refs would get tired of f***ing the Lions, but their stamina is incredible. Unbelievable. Imagine living in Missouri. Jesus, that's <laughs> the real tragedy here. <laughs> and now, the runner-up. Of things that oh. Detroit Lions fans said on Reddit. I bet it's reasonable. In the words of my late dad, come on, refs! <laughs> and now, the winner of things that the Detroit Lions fans said on Reddit. Dadford's trying to be stepdadford. <laughs> An underrated part of sad fans is finding the things that you find the funniest, Beards. I really liked Dadford. Dadford is pretty good. Dadford is pretty good. There was. So, Lions Reddit was very confusing to me this day because there were legitimately two different game threads going, mm -hmm. and there was a secret one that was like a live, just like constantly refreshing itself. Yeah. And it was very hard to keep track of everything. 
And during the game, um, when the fumble recovery for a touchdown happened, it exploded. Yeah, understandable. Um, and it was just a string of just everybody flipping out. It was constantly refreshing itself. Just, dang it, dang it, bleep, bleep, bleep. I was just like, oh, wow. Off content. I feel bad that this bit airs in the same hour of radio as Seth Kaiser. He would not approve. Next week, we should remind people that it's not the most safe for work segment, but at this point, I mean, you should know, right? You're probably listening to this in the podcast form anyway. You, sh- you should you should know. It's good work, Beards. Thank you. That is, uh, it's always really genuinely interesting to me to get a look into the mind's eye of teams getting bleeped by Patrick Mahomes. They were very upset. They felt they should have won. That seems. Accurate, and, and they realized that Matt Patricia was good, and that's good. You know what? I'm glad that that we got to teach him something. Maybe uh, Matt Patricia's good. Also, every time I saw Patricia, I kept thinking they were trying to call Patrick Mahomes Patricia Mahomes. <laughs> so I was like, "Wait, what? I don't. What's the context for this? I don't get this. This is this isn't that funny." Uh, I will say that one of the continuing themes is how funny it is to me about just just the the pseudo-sexual nature of the referees and every single team the Chiefs ever play. Those always make me giggle. You think that'll continue against the Colts next week? No chance. No chance. I'm sure the Colts Reddit will be extremely even-keeled. I just want you to control F and then search the word Andrew and Luck. And just find every comment related to, like, we would have won if we would have had luck. Mm-hmm. Luck would have won this game. Brissette is no luck. And the Chiefs will win that game 72-6. to no six. That's pretty good. Uh, Brissette, win, Brissette, Brissette loses this game 76-12. to 12, And all, the entire comment thread is about referees and Andrew Luck. That's my prediction. Probably. That's my prediction. For also holding week. calls. Everybody complains about holding calls. Yeah, because you could literally call holding on every play. That's fine. Also, the announcers suck. Always. Always. Yes. Refs announce and the announcers always suck. What's really fun is to go around and see some of the ones where they're like, man, I just went and looked at the KC subreddit. I don't understand how they think the refs are, are biased towards us and the commentators, too. Yep. Yep. That right there. That is the condition of fandom. If you find anything uh, during a game, by the way, you can tweet it to Beards at Beards McFly. I think at least one fan submission made it in this week. Um, but if you if you see anything that you think maybe Beards has missed, feel free to tweet it to at Beards McFly. Um, please tag me in it because I will retweet them during an entire game because I love them so much. And next week, I'm sure the Colts fans will be super, super even keeled. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. Every 
everything's wonky. The times are different. It's the eight. It's the eight ten twentieth birthday party wrapping up over the course of the day today. It's not even almost entirely sports, really. None of that matters though, because you know what matters in this crazy world. It matters that on a Tuesday, we talk to Seth Kaiser of The Athletic. And that's been true over the course of two stations and 75 different time slots. Uh, but we are here right now with Seth Kaiser of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan, as always. Uh, Seth, thank you so very much for, uh, for, for making it work on, uh, on this very special 810 birthday day. Yeah, happy birthday. I saw the uh the the shenaniganry and the partying and man, lots of special guests today. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so honored that you managed to fit me in as yes. you know, saving the best for last is I'm yeah. sure what the plan was there. A hundred percent. Um, and I'm also wondering, you know, if you could give advice, you're, you're a father of, uh, hold on, let me check my notes, 76 kids. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, your, your kids are growing up, but, but 810 is now 20. What, what advice do you have uh, for, for anyone, including a radio station, going into their, uh, their 21st year of existence? Their 21st year of existence. You know, the problem with being 20 is that you think you're so different from all the 17- and 18-year-olds walking around. <laughs> and the problem is you're, you're mostly not. That's fair. And so the advice, the advice I would give you is to just understand that your brain still isn't fully developed <laughs> and that it's just the truth. Don't get mad at science. 810 um, is very offended right now. Maybe, just maybe, a little knowledge can be a, pretty dangerous. Just wait a couple of years before making any more drastic, any drastic decisions. Learn a little bit more. That first two years of college was very educational. I know you're very smart now, much smarter than your parents, of course. <laughs> but maybe give it a couple of years. Sit a few debates out. I, Just give it a couple of years. That would be my advice. I think, um, I think eight ten should go get a tattoo. I think twenty is a great time to get. <laughs> Not like a not like a hand or neck tattoo, but like go ahead and go get like an, a tattoo on your arm or your leg or your torso or something. What do you think? I've already made up my mind that if I ever get a tattoo, it's lower back or nothing. <laughs> uh, so probably nothing. What do you think that? What do you think the ages are where like stuff gets different? Because you say, you know the the seventeen eight or eight out seventeen I don't know but you say eighteen nineteen twenty is still kind of in its own bracket. Off the top of yep. your head, if you had to say, all right, here's where the, here's where you change age brackets. Where would you put them? Um. So let's say you know I'll start. We'll start young. You know I think you really start to shift age brackets between fourteen and eighteen. That that's its own kind of deal. For there sure. is a shift because you move out and go to college, but really most seventeen through because there's overlap between the brackets, For right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seven, most seventeen, and I'm really sorry if this offends anyone. If it does, I, I'm I'm only thirty four. There are a lot of people out there that would say thirty four year olds don't know everything, and they're probably right. Yeah, if I, I we're, listen, we're idiots. We're all idiots. Let's be honest. Yeah, I can but, give my opinion on this also, and it'll be as a twenty four year old, and it's also going to be dumb. That's fine. We're all dumb. <laughs> Everyone's hey, everyone listening, we're all dumb. This segment is fine. Yeah. So seventeen through twenty-three, more or less, in my opinion. Based on the work I've done wow. with teens, the work I've done with young adults, the work I've done with people in college, out of college, all that it's more or less the same ratio of people that know what they're doing and people who don't. I love the and ratio. It starts That's to- great. That's great. <laughs> it starts to shift around twenty-four. 
And then really, you know, you, you don't see a major – when people start to hit their early 30s is when you really start to see people kind of chill. Uh, but that's <laughs> usually probably just because most people are having more kids. Right. They're more – you know, they're kind of like, oh, you know, maybe what I'll do is like, I don't know, go to bed at 9.30 and <laughs> get up early and eat some fiber and, you know, <laughs> relax a little bit. And, you know, it's the weekend. That means I can catch up on some chores and some sleep, not, you know – spend all my money things right. like that right. start to change a little uh that's great I at least love, they did for me <laughs> i love that you I, I genuinely think it's great that in the evaluation it's not like yeah from here to here you get smarter it's looking at the ratio of people who have it together that i yeah. think is totally fair nothing nothing yep. about like the grand sample of 22 year olds to me I, I don't know a lot of people that changed a ton from 19 to 22 maybe oh you know right. that's not true that, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but also my friends might be a weird sample size. In fact, I know they're a weird sample size because they're sure. my friends, so it's going to be weird. Yeah, yeah, you've already tainted the uh, the, the results there. Yeah, I really have. But I, a lot of it depends on kids, too. You know, I got yeah. married at 22, that's and wild. so uh, things changed for me pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, that, it just all varies. I'm glad we're able to talk about stuff like, you know, demographics and i mean this is important stuff i think people could learn something from this i think it's fun also it's uh and it's we can give six minutes of that and then 15 minutes of chiefs defense talk that seems only fair <laughs> i happen to have the inside scoop at you really you tweeted this out for everybody earlier uh that tomorrow morning wednesday morning there's an article coming out in which you i think are going to basically argue that not only the running backs not matter but and maybe the running game doesn't matter but run defense doesn't matter and I am foaming at the mouth for this article. <laughs> so it, it might be the morning, might be the afternoon. Okay. But look, here's the deal. If you think that, let, let me just, let me preface it with this. If you believe, this is like a version of you might be a redneck. <laughs> if you think that Detroit dominating the time of possession was important, you might be triggered by the article I'm writing. So excited. If you think that Detroit dominating time of possession was because they ran the ball and dominated the tempo and enforced their will, you might be triggered by my article. <laughs> if you think the Chiefs need to run the ball more, you're going to be triggered by my article. If you think the Chiefs lost the AFC Championship game because of New England's ground game, you're going to be triggered by my article. Basically, if you are sick and tired of analytics nerds, being all mean to people about numbers and math and spreadsheets and things that don't involve film, you're going to be triggered by my article. So my goal is to trigger people. I'm not sure why, actually. I'd it's not. Can I interrupt to say, it's not actually your goal. Your goal is to come up with an honest truth of this, and the fact is it's going to make people crazy. Absolutely. I, I, I really am a lover of truth. I like, oh, well, not all the time, like, you know, like when I look in the mirror with my shirt off. That truth is unpleasant <laughs> to me at this point. So I don't love all truth. But I do love that. Did you enjoy that segment? I really did. That's uh, really excellent. I think that's going to hit uh, home right. for a lot of people. Right. So all truth, I don't love it, but I would rather know the truth than not. Yeah. That's Especially great. when it comes to thinking about football. You have a real mirror in your house and not a fun house mirror in your house. Correct. I'm thinking about some days it looks like a fun house mirror for me <laughs> at this point. It's just like, hey, I ate two pieces of pizza. How is my body totally different than it was an hour ago? That doesn't make sense. Getting old is tough, by the it way, man. Does. By the time you figure it out mentally, then your body just falls apart. Yeah, it sounds like and something so, happens at 34 with 17 kids. 
Yeah, yeah, it's bound to happen. My wife had five kids and I gained all the weight. It's a very <laughs> strange thing. So, so here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I am going to prove in this article. And when I say prove, that doesn't mean that everyone will be convinced. You can never convince some people of certain things. Anyone who walks into this article with an open mind this is a bold prediction. I will prove to them definitively that the Chiefs and the Lions game, the run game by the Lions, didn't matter. It barely impacted the game. And in fact, in the aggregate, it was a negative for Detroit. I love this. I love this thesis statement so much. And I don't even know how you arrive at that 100% yet, but I feel Certainly. it in my bones. So here's what I'm going to do. Because I've got some numbers, and this is just little preview things for people to think about. Expected points added, mm -hmm. which is explained in the article what it means. It's basically like how much more likely you are to score after a play. Because what they can do now is they can look at all the plays in the modern history of the NFL, right, mm -hmm. and say you are X percentage likely to score from – you know, on third and two from the, your own 42-yard line, you have this much of a likelihood to score, so therefore your expected points are, you know, point eight or something like that, right? These right. all numbers are just made up off the top of my head, right. right? Right, And so if you move, and we've talked about this before, if you get a first down and you gain 20 yards, you're more likely to score, so your expected points becomes two, yep. right? Yep. So you added, expected points added, 1.2, right? Yes. You're with me, right? Yes, so far so good. That and then win probability added is another thing. Same concept, except with win probability rather than expected points. I looked at that, and I, I had, I had a, an analytics friend of mine, Arrowhead Analytics. Uh, he, he, was, he was willing to do some charts for me. I need charts, Josh. That's there are so charts. Good. I love a chart, man. You know I love a chart. <laughs> you know I love a football chart. And so – so that, that's all like the nerd side of stuff, the stuff that I think people should look at. It's the data. It's the evidence. However, that's not enough for some people. So here's what I want to talk about. I got really annoyed at one point in the game. Um, one of the points where Charles Davis was talking about Detroit running the ball and mm -hmm. great game plan, et cetera. One of the like dozens of times he was talking about this. Mm -hmm. I found myself annoyed because he was talking about it right after a great throw from Stafford had bailed them out on third and nine, mm -hmm. after an unsuccessful run had lost them a yard. Tell him, Seth. Right? Go off. And, and so it bothered me. He's like, oh, the run game. Whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a passing game. And it made me, it reminded me of how after the New England game, everyone wanted to talk, oh, New England dominated time of possession. They ran the ball down their throats. As though it wasn't the passing game that had killed the Chiefs down the stretch, and it absolutely was. Yes, it was. You know, third and ten, third and ten, third and ten. If that doesn't, if you don't remember that, I don't know what to tell you. And I thought to myself, I wonder how much the run game really hurt the Chiefs on Sunday, and how much of it is just a mirage. Because we tend to like, wow, you know, he ran the ball for 20 yards there. But you know what? Overall, the passing game gained way more yards for Detroit. Yep. Also scored their points. Because yep. you know what's hard to do in the red zone? Run the ball. Yep. Just like passing the ball is harder in the red zone, but running also because everyone's closer to the line of scrimmage. Now, once you're on the goal line, sure, run, 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 run. But it becomes difficult, and that's when Stafford, in some tough situations, was slicing the defense smart. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to look into it. Let's just see. And the results will shock you. So excited about this article. <laughs> so it'll be up tomorrow on The Athletic. Uh, do you feel like there's anything else that, 
that needs to be laid out. I mean, the results you can, I, I feel like you're driving in this direction. It's that the passing yeah. game in football is more valuable than the running game in football. Even whenever, tell me if any of this is wrong. Even whenever the running game is good and the passing game isn't great, the passing game mm-hmm. becomes the more important unit almost all the time, right? Almost all the time. Correct. Unless you have a historically proficient run game. Yeah. And a pass game that is and Kirk Cousins, bad. yeah. I bet if you did this for the Vikings this year, your findings would be different. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's going to be Maybe. different for certain teams. But overall, the reality of the situation is, and I'm going to talk about this because the run, the Chiefs' run defense has people freaking out. Yep. Let me be clear: it is not good. It is in fact bad. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. It looked improved in the preseason. Maybe it looked sort of improved early on, and it's just been a disaster. But you. What I want to talk about is we shouldn't be talking about the run defense yeah, because it barely moves the needle. We should be talking about the pass defense because if they – I want you to think about the, the, that, this Lions game. And again, the article will kind of lay out a few of these scenarios. Imagine if the Chiefs had defended the pass well yep. on a couple of those third and longs, yep. on a couple of those jump balls, on a couple of those red zone trips. You're talking about a blowout even if they still give up 200 yards on the ground. Remember, against Baltimore, the Chiefs had already given up a ton of yards on the ground, and they were housing them yep. in the fourth quarter. Yep. Because it just doesn't work consistently. You, if you think about, you know, where a drive starts, you say it's on the 20-yard line. Yeah, I've told people this before. If a drive starts on the 20-yard line, you got to go 80 yards. Even if you're running at five yards a carry, you eventually – have you ever heard of a game where a team ran the ball a hundred times? <laughs> no, of course not, because no. it doesn't work. Right. I, uh, I love this, and I'll, I'll let the rest of the, the specifics it, – it's hard to make that work for radio even whenever the article's up already. So if you want to get the charts and the metrics of all of this and to, to find the very, uh, the, the very specific results – Check out The Athletic tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the podcast form, check out The Athletic now or later today and uh, and, and read this. But I do want to follow the, the like, where do we go from here aspect of it, Seth. Whenever you do uh, look. For, for, sure. Go. Go, me, go. Interrupt me. They, go ahead. <laughs> for me, they've got to think about what they're going to do about the pass defense. Now, I think personally they are going to give Mo Claiborne a chance. Mm-hmm. Because they're happy with Tyron Matthew. They're, they're very happy with him. They're happy with Juan Thornhill. And I think they're even happy. You know, people are mad at Dan Sorensen about that one touchdown in the middle of the field. Look, Matt Stafford made a great throw. And he had a weird With incredible angle. heat on it. So let's all just relax yeah. on Sorensen. That really wasn't his fault. That was an incredible throw. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. Um, and so... They're, they're happy with their safeties, and I think they should be. I think they're fine. I think Sorensen's fine as a third safety. Um, the corner situation, uh, Breland playing really well. Very happy with yes. him. Fuller, man, is he always in position. Ugh, this was happening um, in training camp, man. In training yes. camp we saw this. Yes. Um, and, 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 but, you know, Fuller still, though, he, he played better the first few weeks than he, than he did against the Lions. And so he's had his good moments too. Ward is a guy who did all right against the Ravens, mm-hmm. but he's had by far the most downs of everyone. Yeah. And so I think the idea is, well, okay, if Claiborne can come in, shore up that third corner spot, maybe Charvarius Ward becomes kind of the fourth corner, which is fine. 
then maybe the you know kind of is a rising tide that lifts all boats. Even though Claiborne's not amazing, you know who knows? Maybe he even you know he'll end up playing more snaps than Fuller. If Fuller is still relegated to strictly the slot, so maybe that'll do it, right? Yeah. I think they'll give it maybe a week or two, but I think they'll still be looking pretty aggressively at the cornerback options because, for me, even if your run defense is terrible, if your pass defense is good, that's enough for the Chiefs. There is not a team, and, and, and people can say what they want, but there's no evidence to support this theory that a team can just run, 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 and beat the Chiefs. There's no evidence to support it. I would, I, for the sake of your mentions tomorrow and maybe mine right now, I would, I would want to ask if this is true. You say to beat the Chiefs. Do you mean the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs? I mean the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs, Absolutely. they didn't lose games because, they, because other teams ran the ball well. Absolutely. They lost games because they, you know, the offense sputtered in the first half against the Patriots, and then the defense couldn't defend the pass. Yep. They couldn't stop Russ Wilson. That was the main problem. People went, oh, the Seahawks really ran the ball. No, Wilson bombed the crap out of them. Yep. And, so that, and then the 2019 Chiefs, I'm telling you, there is not a run offense in this league that can keep up with the Chiefs offense on even a slow day. Yeah, and so 100%. show up the pass defense. The reason the reason that I, I asked that that way was because my head went back to the Steelers playoff game and the sure. Titans playoff game as something that I imagine people are going to bring up. Even oh, in that, of course. Even in that Titans playoff game, for the record, Marcus Mariota mm-hmm. th- threw two touchdowns. He had 200 yards through the air, and uh, you, ha- you have the moment in mind. Somebody tweeted that Marcus Mariota picked himself off as much as the Chiefs did in that game. Um, but I, just, right. I wanted to lay that out there sure. before someone tries to do it on Twitter for you. Well, and, and here's what I would say with those games. Like, you talk about the Steelers game. Had the Chiefs scored 20 points, they win that game. Exactly. That was an offensive failure. That yes. was not on the defense. Oh, yes. man, they ran all these yards and controlled the game. I, I've heard so much about time of possession. People act like teams don't trade possessions. Yeah, that's time really of strange. It does it's not number of possessions. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because why are we doing that? Why does the time matter if the number is the same? What almost got them in trouble on Sunday was like McCall Hardman immediately giving a possession back. But that's and different. There, there it is right there. Turnovers matter. Yeah. Because because now you've made it from 11 possessions versus 11 possessions to 12 possessions versus 11 possessions. Yes. That's why turnovers are so incredibly important because possessions matter. That's why John Harbaugh was making such a big deal about going for it. I'm, uh, you know, I don't think he should have gone for it every fourth down. I'm not that deep in the rabbit hole. I don't think he should have gone for it every two-point conversion. But he was saying is every possession counts against that team. And so that's, that, that's the big deal. Turnovers are a huge deal. Time of possession, it's kind of like unless you keep the, the – they're always going to get the ball back. Yeah. Time of possession matters at the end of halves and the end of games, yep. but they're always going to get the ball back. You don't score twice the points for hanging on to the ball longer. All you're doing is maybe lowering the total number of possessions for both teams, which, to be fair, does favor underdogs against Kansas City's offense. But Kansas City's offense can score in 10 seconds. And so, you know, you've got all these people, all oh, time of possession, time of possession. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, you could have, you know, the, say, you know, a team like the Ravens, I mean, they, they were doing well with time of possession as well. Mm-hmm. 
But it didn't matter because the Chiefs were bombing away. In that second quarter when the Chief, against the Raiders, when the Chiefs were just blitzing them, do you think they cared about time of possession or the fact that the scoreboard kept going 7, 14, 21, yes. 28? Yes. That's what matters. Of course. And so time of possession, honestly, it's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. End of halves and end of the game matter. That was very concisely said in a way that was both uh, powerful and pertinent. And, and I, I, that's <laughs> you're exactly right. The the number again, the number of possessions really important. There is no bonus for for having an eight minute drive. The that ta- the right. conversation about killing the clock should only be able. That phrase should only be used whenever you're talking about the team who comes into that game as an underdog. Absolutely, and even then, for the most part. You're not going to limit possessions that much right. because it's still so dependent on what the other team's offense does. Yep. It's like, it's like oh, well, we'll have fewer possessions. Not if the other team scores in a minute and a half. It's still going to kind of average out. And so it's so dependent on so many things. The only time killing the clock matters again, like in the fourth quarter with a lead, maybe in the third with a big lead, or at the very end of games where you want to make sure the other team doesn't have time to drive, hint, hint, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. How did you do the same thing, <laughs> you know, that we've seen? Right. It's like, oh, they scored with over two minutes left. Yep. I, I've I, seen this game. I've rarely been on the other side of that game, though. Uh, dude, I know. It, I, uh, I, that's what I talked about to start the show tonight, was the, just the fact that the, that the Chiefs are on the, the different side from the last decade of watching Brady, Manning, Rodgers, whatever, end up with the ball in, in 18 seconds, and it's a touchdown, and then the game's over. Uh, it's nice to be on the other side of that. Uh, yeah, this, and one a slight addition to the time of possession thing at the end of halves and games, like you said, because in those moments you do want to. If you're up by 21 and you can ensure that the opposing team is only going to have two more possessions, you're good. Brilliant. The game's over. Absolutely. Then it matters when it's zero zero. Eh. You know, if there's eight minutes to go, yeah, if you can make an eight-minute drive, great. If there's 35 minutes to go, unless you plan on having a 35-minute drive, eh. Somehow we got through this segment today and didn't really talk about Patrick Mahomes, so I will use this as an excuse to cross-promote over to Times Ours with you, me, and Nate Taylor. The Monday episode is free for anybody. Just search for Times Ours wherever you get your podcasts. Friday episodes are just for athletic subscribers, as is this piece coming out tomorrow that is going to make people very mad online. Uh, even if you don't feel like you want to read that full piece for any number of reasons, I would say tomorrow you should put on you should put on push notifications for at Real MN Chiefs fan because I want to see every single fight you get in. I I'm going to take the high road on every one of them. I'm predicting it. I take the high. No, I'll probably slog it out with a few. You've got to dunk on somebody. Please, <laughs> Seth, please for me, dunk on one person publicly tomorrow. What I, what I think I plan on doing, because I plan on addressing the counter arguments throughout the article. Sure. What I'll probably just do is if people reply, I'm just going to copy and paste yes. parts of the article. Yes. That address yes. what they're saying. Just reply with a screenshot to prove they hadn't actually read it in the first place. That's excellent. That qualifies as a dunk for me. That's like a oh, Tim yeah. Duncan dunk where it's just like still stone-faced, but like they feel it and it's still two points. I like the sound of that. Thank you, Seth. I hear you yawning, so we'll, we'll let you go. It's always good to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks. Seth Kaiser, at Real MN Chiefs fan on Twitter of The Athletic, right here on Sports Radio 810.
Kansas City's hometown sports station. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wrapping things up here tonight on Sports Radio 810. Long night following some baseball, bringing you some Chiefs talk. Thanks again to Seth Kaiser of The Athletic for joining us. Uh, thanks to Beards for putting together, not just hitting all the buttons this late, but also putting together sad fans on Reddit. If you missed either of those things, any part of either of those things, check out 810WHB.com, the 810 mobile app for the podcasts, or just search for Almost Entirely Sports wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to put stuff up on the AES feed this week, even though it's not technically Almost Entirely Sports and the imaging and all that. It's it's me and Beards talking about stuff, so um, you can subscribe there and uh, make sure you, you don't miss anything that we do over the course of this week. We also end up actually having like a little bit more airtime um, and at least one extra show, so um, let me know who you want to hear from. We talked to Ryan Tracy back on Sports Saturday this last weekend. Ryan of, of Locked on Chiefs, of course, and uh, and that's up on the AES feed, I think. I think I put it there. I'm pretty sure I did. And uh, you can you can hear that, but if there's anyone we haven't uh, heard from in a while that you'd like to hear from, let me know who you want to hear from, and we'll make it happen. I definitely owe Matt Verderam a call. Um, so this is uh, this is it for, for the day here, but I, uh, I heard something come up, and a lot of things have come up over the, day, the course of the day here on 810, and this 20th anniversary of the first time. 8.10 a.m. was uh, Sports Radio 8.10 WHB, and the the festivities have been going on all day, and, and, and everyone's kind of given their last word, and at this point, I guess, technically, this, uh, this kind of counts as still the last word, even following the baseball and, uh, and, and going into the wee hours of the night into morning and all that, but... Um, of of all throughout all of the sort of celebrations from everything here, I've thought about a, a, a different handful of things, and we talked about some of this whenever AES started down on uh, down here on eight ten as opposed to on ESPN Kansas City, and I just want to say thank you for everyone who's been following this particular show and my work. I I've been here for three ish years, maybe longer as a intern. I what am I, I guess I pull up my LinkedIn. I don't even know where I find the specifics of those dates. I'm not very good at remembering things like specific dates and all that. Um, but, but AES has been going on for uh, for two years now and, and a little bit of change. And my, my very first day was actually one of the first things that I thought of. Um, the, uh, the, the thing that came up in, on the program, I heard Lebo mention my first day at 810 was a sports Sunday. And we did a two-hour show. I talked too fast. And the whole show, you know, came and went in a way that I was happy enough with for a first show. Obviously, it went okay because I'm still here. But then at uh, at about 9.58, we were in, we, had, we had ended the show and gone through our last break. News started popping up on Twitter, and, and mostly not in English, uh, that Jordano Ventura had died in the Dominican Republic. And that day was wild and horrible, obviously, but for me, like, surreal, like, an out-of-body experience. I, I don't know if I ever really, like, even felt anything out of that whole day because it was such a, just such a, a again, a surreal out-of-body experience. Going, what on earth is happening here? Uh, what am I doing this for? I, I, I feel confident enough to, to pull this off or whatever, but just a weird, weird day. And then there have been the number of times I've been here for four and a half years. 
going back to my internship, according to my LinkedIn. Anyway, then there have been the number of times with the the, the chief shows and and getting to to anchor our Chiefs post game show this year and getting to start almost entirely sports on ESPN Kansas City and, and building up a following that way um, and and creating our Facebook Live setup down there and and all of the all of the opportunities have been have been just outstanding and I've had a blast with with all of the on air stuff we've ever done and one thing. You know, I guess looking inwardly that I, I guess a lot of people probably don't know um, of all the people that you've heard on the air here over the last several years. Well, I've been around at the very least. The people that you hear are, I think, without exception, generally like that in real life. And, and I think for everybody, that's also that, I mean, that as a compliment where if you run into any of the, the hosts or contributors that you here for small chunks of time or maybe I guess longer chunks of time here on 810 if you if you find them or find us I guess in the real world these these people that I've worked with have all again without exception um, everyone that you would know has been excellent not only in you know helping me make this my career but also just in, in stuff as simple as like hey I need a guest for for Royals pregame tonight can you do it? Usually the answer is yeah sure. Let me know when I need to call, or even you know for you 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 heard Chad Boger a couple of times actually on the air today, um, but he's he's behind the scenes now. But the 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 opportunities and the times I've I've you know wandered in his office and said hey can we do this this week? Can I try this? Can I do this instead? Can we try something different here? Can I start this show on ESPN Kansas City and give it a weird color palette and call it a name that's confusing and too many too many syllables and all of that? Um, the number of times that I've been able to, uh, to I've gotten, yeah, sure, in a way that, that lets me and lets Beards and lets Rudy do these things that have had creative freedom, even if, even whenever it's following the NL wildcard game late at night on 810, stuff like that. The, the, the number of times that I've said, hey, can we try this? And the answer has been yes. I think it's probably been the single most important thing in sort of my development here. And I'm super, super grateful for it in the, um, you know, five to 10% of the life of 810 that I've been here for. It's a, it's a small blip, but I'm, uh, I'm really glad I've been here for it. And I, I hope that that continues in, into the, the distant future. So thanks to everyone who has been helpful and who has just been generally great to work with around the, the clock and across the board here at 810. And thanks to you for listening. I, I imagine that very, very few people are listening to this show and aren't regular 810 listeners. So thank you for however you consume this show and, and the work that we do on AES and like this just outside of AES. Um, however it is that you listen to 810 on a regular basis. Thank you and thank you to everyone who said nice things over the course of the day. People I've met that said they've enjoyed the show and all of that. I just really, really appreciate it, and today feels like as good a, a time as any to point that out. So thanks to you for listening. Certainly thanks to Beards for uh, someone described him today in person as the, the, the person that attempts to keep a leash on me um, and fails, and he knows he fails at that particular part. Succeeds at a lot of things. Fails at, at not letting me, you know, accidentally take that leash right into a ditch and then begin uh, suffocating in my own uh, wandering rabbit trails. Like in this moment specifically. Um, but anyway, thanks to everyone who's, who's listened to, to 810. I was listening to 810 long before I was working here, obviously, and uh, really appreciative of the, uh, the opportunity that you listening have given to uh, this 
weird, strange show. It's always been a lot of fun, and I've always really enjoyed doing it. I hope to keep doing it and to keep enjoying doing it for a long time in the future. We'll be doing this uh, late post-baseball Chiefs show again on Wednesday and Friday this week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast page. Check out it, check it all out at 18WHB.com and the 810 mobile app. We will talk to you again on uh, tomorrow. On tomorrow's, we'll talk to you again. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye, Mom. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB.